Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark. I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm your host here on these podcasts. And as always for our book review podcast, I'm joined by Amanda Robbie. This month we have been reading a book which I keep getting the title wrong on, but it is actually called Gay Girl, Good God, The Story of Who I Was and Who God Has Always Been by Jackie Hill Perry. What, what is this book, Amanda? What, what sort of book is it? It's um, a biography, I think. Autobiography. Autobiography, yes, of um, Jackie Hill Perry's uh, conversion, how she came to Christ. Yes, I mean, it's, um, it's very interesting, I think, in the way that that is written. It, it is basically an autobiography, as you say, but... So the, the section, it's sort of divided into two halves, isn't it? Who I was and who I became. So not just how she came to Christ, but then putting that into practice and the, the changes in her life. The, the chapter's under who I was. The first one is 2006. The next one is 6000 BC to yes. AD 1995. <laughs> so she's doing a little bit more than just this is when yeah, I was born. and It's and a theological ha- autobiography, mm. I'd say, in which she puts her conversion into the gospel yeah. actually so she tells the gospel through the, how she was converted or she tells her how she was converted through the gospel exactly so beginning with adam and eve and helping us to see how actually what is their story what is the bible story is also her story and how those things yeah. all, all kind and of interlink it's quite a multi-layered book so the, the, there's a sort of chapters which she, it's sort of you know, it, it's 2006 and then 6000 BC, but then it sort of progresses through time, but then it sort of goes back over things in layers where she's sort of reflecting on yes. the gospel and her life. In So sort of multiple chapters in on 2008, then yes, multiple she, chapters on 2008 or time up to 2014. So there's this sort of... Yes, back and forth a little bit yeah. and, and thematic sometimes rather than just yeah. chronological. So a lot of storytelling. And yeah, and beautiful storytelling, yes. so I would say. Jackie Hill Perry's day job is she is a performance poet. She's, yeah. a, she's a word a wordsmith, a, word, a spoken word poet. A hip-hop artist, okay, she is sorry, described no. as okay, in the right, forward. Uh, but no, I think that's a helpful way to... Because I would have thought that was a sort of music, but she's, yeah. it's not. So it actually, if you read, on the back, yeah. she's a writer, poet and artist. And... Her use of words is just a delight. There's some. It is really beautifully written. Gorgeous phrases and some. I, I as as is typical with the mm. with the um, podcast books. I read this rather fast, and I slightly <laughs> regretted that because actually, yeah, these chapters, you know, uh, you know, probably a chapter in a day, mm. you know, you of which they're seventeen. So it's quite it's quite um it's short, long chapters, but they are because they're sort of poetic. Yeah, actually, they're really nicely. They're really nicely constructed, not just at that level of the sentence and the phrase, but actually the the paragraph and the story and the chapter. Yeah, the way that the way that sort of they themes work come back together. She, she tells the story. Yeah, it, it is beautifully you want, written. Yeah, absolutely. I I really enjoyed it from mm. that perspective. Um, so Jackie Hill Perry, she's American. She's black. Um, she. Uh, was a lesbian is a lesbian i don't know quite how she describes that now i think says i think was is probably right but that that is her she um, was in a lesbian lifestyle very much so so i mean the opening chapter begins with jackie you want to be my girlfriend and you know that story of the kind of first time a girl asked her out and she says no but then 
you know, kind of we then get the story of her sin and how she ends up in that lesbian lifestyle, as you say. I mean, one of the striking things is the role of men in her life, mm. isn't it? So Yes, and, uh, abuse and a father who was very unreliable and, um, yeah. yeah, didn't care, very striking. Very... And told her so. Oh, just heartbreaking, really. So, I mean, one of the chapters describes how her parents got together and it was, it was you know, sort of one-night stand. It wasn't a long-term relationship. Um, but then, yeah, she goes on to describe as she grows up, seeing her father occasionally, but he's, he says to her, if we never have any contact again, I'll still love you, but it won't matter to me that, yeah, that I don't see you or horrible, hear you or horrible. speak to you. And you just... Yeah, what that does to you, and it's very clear what that does to her in all kinds of ways. And then also, as you say, the experience of being abused. So she's a young child uh, being looked after while her mum's at work in another family and the teenage boy um, abuses her there. So those are really her, her first experiences of men. Yeah are both extremely damaging. I thought it was helpful. She does say at one point very clearly that she wants to make the point that those experiences are not what made her into a lesbian, Mm. that they certainly were influential and maybe sort of sped that on or made it easier or whatever, but that that wasn't what turned her into a lesbian. She always had that attraction um, to women. So um, she's she does have, doesn't she... um, all the way through, I think uh, she goes to church, at least as she's growing up with she her mother. She certainly is she very church. She has church language. She understands um, She understands what the, the church, you know, the, the, the orthodox view on sexuality and yeah. knows um, that an yes. expression of those feelings would be wrong. Yes, although she, there's a very striking point where she describes... Um, uh, what those churches have been like. And, and she said, you know, she says, in their defence, they were not to blame for my unbelief. I just wonder if they would have told me about the beauty of God just as much, if not more, than they told me about the horridness of hell yeah. if I would have burned my idols at a faster pace. Yes, she. Um, one of her themes she keeps coming back to is the idolatry of sin. Yes. And, um, yeah, it, it's a real, it's a very much a striking thing, isn't it, that actually... That, that sort of worship of whatever mm. is 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 the problem, and and she very much couches her uh, her story of of distancing herself from that lesbian identity mm. in the whole gospel. It's not there's a, there's a very striking place where she talks about how that 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 it was more there was her sin was dwelling in every room. I think yes. was thing she talked about that you know her sin wasn't just in this area yeah i think she lives with a there's a lovely part where she's living with a christian pastor yes. who who disciples her yes. and says you know this is not your only problem yes and i think that is very helpful and, and perhaps we'll talk about that more in just a moment um uh where sexuality fits in with that whole becoming christian and, and then beginning to live as christian one thing i just want to mention before we get onto that she's not transgender but it is very clear that it's not just sexuality. There are also issues around gender yes. that she is so she working through. Presents, she presents. So there's 
when she talks about being converted, one of the things that she says is she goes and buys a whole new wardrobe because she's been a butch lesbian. Mm. But even sort of wearing male underwear, yes. and then she talks about putting on female underwear and suddenly walking differently and, yeah. and all of those so she things. she has sort of tried to, she has presented herself in a male way. And um, mm. yes, we were saying earlier, weren't we, that if she'd been born 10 years later or yeah. now, she probably would have been deciding she was transgender because that's the way that these things have gone. Exactly. So messed up in, in all of those different kind of ways. How does she come to Christ in all of that? It's, it's quite interesting, isn't it? It's not a sort of dramatic event. Um, yeah, she's, she's alone and, and God speaks to her. It is yeah, basically she's basically story, at home on her own. And, yeah. you know, as we say, this is not in a vacuum. She has grown up going to church. Um, she knows the Bible. Uh, she a must bit. have heard the gospel. She's heard the, the gospel. Um, one of the things I was I was struck by was she has a Christian friend uh-huh. who has not been um, doing a lot of um, overt evangelism, but has been praying for her. That's right. She and she fo- she phones this friend and sa- and says, "I don't know what to do." And the friend says, "Well, you know, I've been praying for this." So th- there is stuff going on around that. But as you say, she's on her own at home. And, and God just calls her and in a way that is inescapable for her. Um, yes, absolutely. She does seem to be sort of, she's having this sort of fight with herself and, um, you know, it, it seems, you know, what is going on and it sort of... Yeah, she, who gave mercy my address or told it how to get to my room? Yes, yes. Didn't it know a sinner lived in it? On the yeah. way down the hall, shouldn't the smell of idols kept its feet from moving any closer? And then I remembered the one verse of the Bible that I knew by heart, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The same Bible that condemned me held in it the promises that could save me. I mean, it's it's really beautiful to hear her talk about how that happened and how God called her in that way. And it's very striking how immediately she knows her life has to change. And does change. What are, what are some of those? So we already talked about the, the kind of going and getting new clothes, but there's other stuff as well so, that changes very quickly. There's, a, there's there? a just um, there's a, a, a beautiful phrase. I'm just looking at this. I know he required me to let go of my girlfriend specifically, but more than her came to mind. What else was I loving that might be the death of me? I wondered. Yes. There had to be more executioners that I'd made my lover. You know the beautiful turn of phrase of this sort of. Um, that recognition that she'd invited death into her life in in as in all sin. kinds of yeah. ways, and I, I yeah, and it is very striking as you say again and again. She understands that this is more than just sexuality. You know, there is a big issue to do with how she's living uh, at the time uh, with a girlfriend and and all of those things, but there is. A lot of other stuff as well. I really love the story of, you know, she's the next day. So she works in a in a fast food restaurant, and um, she sees this beautiful girl in the queue, and she she knows that she she her natural instinct is to flirt with this woman. In any other circumstance previously, she would have seen this woman and flirted with her, and she doesn't know what to do to stop herself doing that you know that that's her only sort of response and so she in the end she works out the only thing she can do is pray and so she does and she prays god can you help me and then she sort of looks up and the girl's in another queue and not coming to her till and while that might not be the specific temptation all of us have there's a story there about 
recognizing a temptation, asking for God's help, getting it. Yeah, she, she says, is this what it feels like to be a Christian? I thought to myself, is it to have a quiet war inside of yourself at yeah. all times? And it is. And actually it is, yes, it's very true. Yeah, so, exactly. So her sort of, uh, her description of sin and mm. its power and appeal, Yeah, I think, you know, in her specific instance, it's, it's different uh, to mine, but in other ways, it, her experience is absolutely the same. The same that, as everybody that, else's, exactly. That, and that sort of, yeah, she's that sort of lyrical quality of her writing mm. does help you um, reflect yeah. on, yeah, on on the on idolatry and and the the tempt the, the sweetness mm. of sin in many ways. And I was very struck by something which I'd not really thought about before. She talks about actually when you resist sin. You actually come to know know what sin is in a much bigger way than if you never do. Yes. Um, yes. You know, as if resistance made the thing being resisted a bigger monster than it was before. Yes. To my surprise, being a Christian delivered me from the power of sin, but in no way did it remove the possibility of temptation. And because you're not giving in to that temptation immediately every time. It's still there. But, and it gets bigger. Yeah. And and actually, you experience the, that that sort of kind of sin in a bigger, scarier, more powerful, more attractive way almost if you're not giving into it all the time. And, you know, that was something I thought, yeah, actually, that's really true. And I don't think I'd ever heard anyone describe it in quite that way before. I think as well, um, one of the things that she she talks about quite a lot is the body. Yes. And how, um, how important our body is in our Christian lives. You know, she doesn't want to divide the soul and the body. Mm. Um, and... Uh, to give in temptation would be to give in to unbelief, to decide that the body mattered more than God or that the pleasure of sin would sustain all that I am better than he. Yeah. It was incredible how real and tangible and persistent it could be. And she says that, um, yeah, that, that this thing that the body is, is is something that we must be aware of and not, yeah, not, um, the body ha- doesn't have to have the final say in our mm. lives is what she says. Mm. Um, and that's, yeah, our bodies are not there to just to be given into. No, exactly, exactly that. So then, um, as we, as she then talks about what her life becomes as a as a Christian and and various things um, change, there's a, a whole chapter on on understanding working out what it means to to live as a woman mm-hmm. um and essentially she ends that chapter at the point where she's just discovered that she's pregnant and she's expecting a girl um and and how suddenly that brings into really sharp relief she needs to understand what it is to be a woman mm-hmm. because she needs to help her understand that and you know she says that night newly married and soon to be mothering a girl made in god's image mm-hmm. i decided that if i could teach my daughter anything about herself it would be that because a good God made the woman, then being a woman was a good thing. Yeah. And the next day I started living like it. Yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, actually that's the thing. All of us in different ways have been shaped by society's views yeah. of what manhood and womanhood is like. And 
and many of us as women I think have internalized some kind of sexism that tells yes, us actually I, it's not as good she, as being a man she says some brilliant things um by the time I was a girl old enough to listen it in package differently like a game of telephone and her message first whispered by God was misunderstood yeah and so she says you know I was too aggressive for the kind of low to the ground woman they told me God loved my edges were too rough to measure up to the soft ones men wanted me mm. these women didn't look like me so she she had you know too, I, I was too hard too mean too declarative too sure of my words too heavy to subdue too unlike pink yes. you know and yes. I was just I was like yes yes yeah. you know what what messages are are we have we as you know mm. you and I as women have we been given have we absorbed what messages are women in our churches Get taking yeah. home to say that if you're a person like this, you aren't a woman. You're not a proper woman. Yes, and and that's what has to somehow change. In yeah, you. This is and, the godly woman. You know, and actually, a good God made women. Mm-hmm. Being a woman is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And she's very clear that actually her goal for the book isn't that it would be all about her, yeah. but that it would be all about God and the yeah. goodness of God. And she is very. Um, insistent on on repeating that kind of theme. This is how we see the goodness of God yeah. um, in in different ways, and I think that is very important. So we end, and I obviously slightly gave that away. There, she does get married, and that is not straightforward by any means, no, is it's, it? It's a tussle. The, the relationship is obviously difficult. There's lots of arguing. There's arguing through the the engagement. Yeah, um, but, uh, but part part of this is because of the the damage to her, particularly, I think, from her father. I think so. And that that sort of uh, lack of trust, her ability to trust. Yes, yeah, so to trust that someone can love her. Mm. And, you know, when your father has said to you, well, I love you, but doesn't mean I actually want to talk to you or see you or it's, be part of your life. Like, yeah. You know, and so she does do that, that classic thing of pushing away the person that she loves to really test what his love is and and his love is beautiful oh yeah i so he um you know the moment she has rejected him completely and said no this is it i can't do it. i can't do it. i don't want to you know i want to be i i don't understand why i'm not with women i don't want to be with you and the next night he stands up he's also a poet and basically performs this love poem that starts off quite generally and then you ends up very specifically you know, her heart became a battlefield, her tongue turned into a shield, her eyes were swords that cut deep with every stare, and, and he keeps going. And then he asked her to marry him. And you just think, gosh, that's quite brave. She's literally said the night before she doesn't want to be think, with you. I think it was you, a month before, actually. Okay. Like, but, yeah, you know, but then you stand up on stage in front of thousands of people and ask her yes, to very, marry. Very public, public state. But he... Um, He's obviously he a, a wise her. man. He he yeah. too has broken sexuality yeah. when you, she tells his and story issues, yeah. um, and has come to faith. So he um, he has he has worked. It seems that he's maybe a little ahead of her in working through yes. things, uh, but has this 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 courage really to to take her on. Yeah, and you know he says all the men are afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. Okay, and <laughs> and and they do and. It's really beautiful to see, but 
Um, she ends the book sort of after her story with these, um, I think, three or four little chapters just addressing some of the issues yeah. around same-sex attraction. And the one that I particularly think is important for us to, to kind of read and understand is what she calls same-sex attraction and the heterosexual gospel. Um, so what she means by the heterosexual gospel is God calling gay people to be straight. Yeah. And I do think there is a real danger in the church in this country, as in America where she is, that the message we give, and certainly the message that is heard, even if it's not quite what, what is being said, is that we are calling gay people to become straight. Yeah. And that is the gospel. Yeah, she has four great points. We are more than our sexuality. As, and yeah. as she spoke about, you know, the, her sin that had come into every room in her life. Um, marriage is not the pinnacle of a Christian faith. Yeah. Um, Singleness is not a curse. Yes. You know, and, and and that's okay. We're not necessarily expecting that everyone who becomes a Christian, whether, whether they are gay or straight, will get married. And if you are gay, it is okay that you might never be attracted to someone of the opposite sex. You know, that is not the gospel that you are being called to, is to get married. And the key thing is that evangelism is about God. So this, you know, we are not selling people a lovely lifestyle and a nice marriage yeah. when we when we preach the gospel, when we ask people to follow Jesus. Actually, exactly. in many cases, that may be exactly the opposite yes. of, of what we are, are inviting them to, to come to. We're inviting them to come to Christ. Yes, exactly. And, you know, and so she ends, the most alarming problem with the heterosexual gospel is that it is no gospel at all. It points to marriage or a temptationless heterosexuality as the reason to repent or the fruit of repentance. The reason to turn from sin has always been so we can turn towards Jesus and you know if yeah. we if that's what people are hearing us say is that you must become straight we're not telling them about Jesus and we're not offering them the beauty of Jesus that she wanted yeah, she, she says this great line our sexuality is not our soul yeah marriage is not heaven and singleness is not hell yes so may we all preach the news that is good for a reason exactly claims the world that Jesus has come Exactly. And I think, you know, I, I hope we all know this and, and believe this, that homosexuality is a sin like any other. It is not a greater sin than any other. It is not a more serious sin than any other. But it's also not a more irredeemable sin than any other. But whenever somebody comes to Christ, that is something which needs to take over their whole lives and yes, transform. Come into every room. It's come I into love, every I love that room. Image yeah. She uses. The in, sin in, is in every room in your house. Yeah, and yes, that will include the bedroom, and and there may be some very significant costs there. But you know, she becomes a Christian and knows that one of the consequences of that will be having to break up with her girlfriend. But she doesn't break up with her girlfriend in order to become a Christian. It, you yeah. know, it's it's not that way around, and it, and it shouldn't ever be. So, um, Jackie Hill Perry, uh, as we say, black American lesbian woman telling her story about the Lord. Um, I learned loads from this and was really challenged by it and encouraged by it. But I think, Amanda, tell, tell me who you think this book might or might not be helpful for. Yeah, so I, I did love the writing. And I think if you're a Christian seeking to understand more, um, yeah, it, uh, I think maybe in my congregation, actually, we have quite a few people from Afro-Caribbean heritage. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe some of them would enjoy this because there's quite a lot of contact with, you know, family in America and things. So it it is a bit of a cultural jump so for for people in our suburban 
white middle class mm. churches. I, I, I think that they may it may there may be a slightly massive cultural leap to, <laughs> to connect to Jackie. I mean, her, her writing is indeed beautiful and she says some beautiful things. Um, uh, and maybe it's the early chapters it's, it is a struggle to get into but as you mm. absorb her writing I think it, I think it is easier to go along yes at the beginning I did struggle and there's this foreword written by a sort of very white, white American evangelical in the sort of from that media that that uh, I think British evangelicals struggle more to connect maybe struggle yeah. more to connect connect to than Jackie Hill yes. Perry's um, uh, background and and I found her. I, I have to say I did find the forward quite um, yeah. sort of uh, difficult uh, in a sort yes, of yes. Yeah. The, the woman writing the forward. I don't recall ever hearing the word homosexual or knowing anyone who identified as one until sometime after I was out of high school. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know that she's in a different kind of context yes. there. Yeah. I think I love. Christian autobiography and I think the reason I love it is because you get such an insight into the inner life yeah. and I think for us as, as Christians we need those examples of how to be Christian yeah. and sometimes we get that you know because we can see other people's lives and we see the outworking of that and sometimes you know we have conversations and, and share some of this with people we actually know but I don't know that often we get as deep and um, sort of sustained insight into somebody's life as we do if we're reading an autobiography and so the way she describes her struggles with sin yeah, and, and ongoing temptation and those kind of things that there'll be different sins and temptations often but I think there's a lot to learn about how you can relate to the Lord and, and yeah, live your I, life. And I think actually a lot of autobiographies are about struggles with different difficult circumstances mm. outside and this this one is very she's talking about her yeah. inner inner life and and that inward battle and in a way maybe is more relatable mm. than the the biography of the person in the faraway country where everything is terribly difficult yes which we, we maybe can't you know we can't we're not going to be in that place but actually we are inside ourselves aren't we yes and the, the sort of external issues that she has are to do with relationship and family and and those kind of things and again they may not be precisely the same as our circumstances but we're all involved in people's lives and messy lives and we all know people with from broken families or with absent fathers or who's victims of abuse or all, all, all of those kind of things and and I think hearing somebody tell their story of living through that but also of god's goodness through that um yeah. i yeah i really um who would you recommend it for then Ross? well i i i think i mean i think it is a book for christians mm -hmm. um but i i would i would recommend it for for any christian really because we're all fighting that quiet war within within us i would certainly recommend it for christians who want to hold fast to the bible's teaching on sexuality but feel concerned that um, in our current society that seems to be desperately unfair or unkind or how do you um, share the gospel with somebody who is gay when, when it seems you're calling them to such a big um, struggle, that kind of thing. Somebody who's wanting to really understand a bit more of what that feels like. On what, what someone's journey might look like. Yeah. I mean, it, it is over several years, her journey. And I think yes. um, 
yeah, to, to remember that, that that she's obviously had a lot of sort of Christian input. Yes, I don't know. I don't know how long that friend had been praying, yeah. for example, but I would guess it's ten years at least. Yes. Um, and so that, how do you love your friend? when they're engaged in whatever kind of destructive lifestyle that is. And so and I think maybe also if you're you're somebody who just struggles to understand why what's you know, she describes she says is very specifically called the gay community is an appealing um place and thing for, for people to you know, if you just are struggling to understand why that is a temptation, why um people live like that, you know, I think you also get some insight into um sins attractions and false attractions but nonetheless um just to have a better understanding of, of um what's going on there so anyway that is gay girl good god by jackie hill perry next month we're looking at something quite different uh, we have got primer um you may have heard of uh, primer it's a new uh, newish kind of publication from the FIEC. Um, it's a whole series of um, little kind of, uh, they're sort of between a magazine and a book almost. Sort of journals. Yeah, um, and each one covers a different topic of doctrine and we're going to be looking at the most recent one which is around the subject of apologetics. Uh, so that's what we will be reading in April. Thanks so much for joining us. Do tune in again next week. Mm-hmm.